turn to Mark chapter 11. I didn't really intend for this to do this, but the Lord had different plans. This kind of turned into a three-part series. Um, I believe today is the last one on this. They're all standalone messages, but it's kind of been building on the previous Sunday. And um, last, last week we talked about uh, the prayer of Jabez. So the week before that we talked about um, it was believe and say, believe and say. And we said we, we need to say three times more than we believe. We learned that from Mark eleven twenty two through 25, or Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And then last week I was teaching you what to say, which we learned what to say was we need to start praying like the prayer of Jabez because he prayed in faith. And he was under the Old Testament, and we're under a better testament, the New Testament, and we're under a better covenant. And everybody said, and with better promises. And so uh, this week I'm going to take you just a little bit further, and I'm going to show you the title of this message is The Gateway to Success. And what I'm going to teach you today from God's Word is something that, uh, that is going to be, it's the gateway to success in every area of your life, okay? Not just spiritually. It's spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, relationally. What I'm going to teach you today is the gateway to success in all those areas. God wants you to be successful in every area of your life. He wants you to be prosperous in every area of your life. When we were when we were worshiping today, I don't know about you, but I love those Sundays when you can just you know you can feel the tangible presence of God in the house and you just felt the faith rising in here. And I looked up there at Mark. Ward, Mark's one of my best friends. We graduated together, one of my best friends in life, and it's amazing that we're in ministry together. And he's up there worshiping, and I'm watching him, and then I look to his, his left, and I see Luke, who is just a worship savant. This, I mean, this guy can just pick up any kind of... Y'all don't know this, but I do about Luke. I'm bragging on you, Luke. Is he'll, he'll pick up, he can pick up any instrument and just play. It's, it's amazing, by ear... He can listen to the song, play it by ear. It's, it's just amazing. And then I look over Mark's shoulder, and I see, uh, see Parker back there playing the drums. And I love watching Luke and Parker look at one another and making sure they're on the right beat and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're talking. They're doing sign language with their eyes and body language. And then you got little Miss Grace standing in the middle of them playing her little blue guitar, you know. And she's, but here's what you don't know about this family. Mark, grew, Mark and I grew up together playing sports together. He didn't know anything about music. I didn't either. Never played an instrument or nothing. And back when we were downtown on Main Street, I'm, I'm teaching you something about faith. Is that back, and faith takes time. It's just, you know, you grow in faith. It's like a muscle. You develop it. I'm going to show you how this developed. When we was downtown at, uh, on Main Street, uh, we didn't have any worship. So for many years, we had the project. I still have that projector, by the way, with the, the plastic slides that you put up there, you know, and the projects up on the wall, Clark's like this, because Clark used to be the one putting them on there. And then we'd have CDs, and that's how we worshiped, because we didn't have a worship team. And for, we did that for years. And I was like, God, for the love of God, send us a worshiper. Send us somebody that knows how to play something. And so when I'd go to pastor's meetings, I would say, you know, we don't have the budget to go out and hire, a, you know, a praise and worship leader and things like that, like some of these big churches can do. And I'm like, so I'm praying, Lord, send us somebody that knows how to play something. You know, I'll take a flute right now. You know, that's where I was at. And, and, uh, and so we were praying, and I was at a pastor's meeting, and this pastor told me, he said, he was a wise pastor, and he said, he said do you have any instruments on stage? And I said, well, no. And he said, 
Well, by faith, you need to go buy some instruments and put them on stage. So the only thing we could buy at that time was a guitar. And so I just went and bought a guitar, put it up there. It looks stupid. You know, I, th- I thought it looked stupid. You know, I'm sitting up, there's nobody can play it. So I put it up there, and just by faith, I just start talking about it. You know, somebody's going to learn how to play this, or somebody's going to walk in here and just pick it up. I think an angel's going to come in here and just pick it up and start playing. And God sparked, the Lord sparked something in Mark. And we had a series of events that happened leading up to this. Because I did bring somebody in that helped us raise up some people. Bobby Richardson and his family from, from McLean, Texas. They did an awesome job. And that was what they were here to do was to help us raise up a worship team. But I never would have dreamed in my wildest dreams would have thought Mark would have been the one that said, you know what, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. And he did. And then all of a sudden, it just that anointing went down into his family went down into his kids, and I'm, just, I'm sitting there on the front row going, look what faith has done. You know, that's what, that's what faith is. And it's happened over, golly, that's, Mark, that's been 20, we're going into 23 years of this, you know, and so watching that grow in his family. And then their precious wife carries back there on the sound system and makes them all sound great. <laughs> she does an awesome job. So, so give the wards a big hand clap for stepping out in faith. That's what it takes. Right there. All right, so if you're in Mark chapter 11, Carrie, I'm going to have to have you be my changer today, if you don't mind. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24, and we're going to put it up there on the screen. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, so notice there's saying, God's saying you got to speak. You're a speaking spirit. God created you to speak. God spoke everything in, that we see that's in existence today. He spoke it into existence, all right? And so verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now we're going to go to verse 25, and this is where I'm going to stay on to this morning for a little while today to teach us something that goes along with this. Because I, I left off verse 25 the first two Sundays for a reason, because I knew that I felt like I needed to bring this in one total message for us. Believe and say, and we're all like, Ooh, yeah, 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 we're going to believe, say, believe, say, believe, say. And then God, then Jesus throws this in there. And he says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So if you're, you can believe and say until you're blue in the face, and if you're walking in unforgiveness or not walking in love, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen in your spiritual walk with God. Nothing's going to happen emotionally, mentally. Nothing's going to happen physically. Nothing's going to happen relationally. Nothing's going to happen in your finances either. It's, it's like when you're walking in unforgiveness, it is the biggest blessing blocker there is. It's also the biggest door opener for the enemy in your life when you're not walking in love, okay? And so, um, so we're going to show you this. And the next slide is this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. These are just kind of giving you an overview of what we've learned the last couple of Sundays. And if you weren't here the last two Sundays, you can go back and listen to it on podcast, um, and, and I'm going to try to catch you up just a little bit. But you really need to go back and listen to the last two Sundays too. But it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that. Prayer won't work without faith. That's James 1, 6 through 8. Basically, James 1, James says, if you're double-minded, you're not going to receive anything from God. You can't be double-minded. 
And then faith won't work without love. Galatians 5, 6 is what we're talking about today. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 says, love never fails. So that's kind of the progression that I want you to see. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Prayer won't work without faith. Faith won't work without love, and love never fails. So here, bottom line is this, love is the answer. So if, 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 if your faith isn't working for you, you need to check your love walk. Amen? That's what you need to be checking on. Now, I'm going to give you four things if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, four things today, and here's number one. Number one, love brings success to your prayers. First Corinthians, and I'll, I'm going to show you this, love brings success to your prayers. When you're walking in love, what we just read in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 25, when you're walking in love, then you're going to be able to walk in that faith, you're going to be able to believe and say when you're walking in love. All right, so love never fails. Love is going to make your prayers work. And so 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Is that walking in love. Just walking in love, walking in love. There was a, there was a I heard about a group of pastors, was, they were meeting with somebody, and, and uh, they were having a meeting, and they all started talking about that they needed to, they were praying for a love revival in their church. We need more love in our church and all this. And, and one of the other pastors wisely spoke up and said, that's something you don't need to be praying for. That's something you already have. And he was, they said, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says if you love God, then his love is in your heart. So that, you, that love, then you need to make the choice to just start walking in that love. It's already there. You don't need to be praying for a love walk. If, if you're saved and that love was in, is within you and you need to release it to others around you. And so, there's a, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I encourage you to go home and read that today. It's called the love chapter, and the apostle Paul wrote that. And I love where he positioned it at, where it's positioned in our Bibles, is between chapter 12 and chapter 14. It's chapter 13. And chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and chapter 14 talks about prophecy. And right in the middle of it, the apostle Paul says, none of this works unless you're walking in love. You've got to be walking in love. And so, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8. And I'm not going to read that right now, but I'm going to read you some things from this. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to read it here a, bit, a little bit later. But it talks about love is patient. And so when you say love is patient, and I'm going to try to bring this home to the word is very practical. Amen. It's a spiritual book, but it's very practical. I'm trying to help you so that you can walk out of here today with some practical things that's going to help you in your walk with God. So love is patient. That means with your spouse. And all the married people said, Amen. At the grocery store, in traffic, with your children. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, Janice is already telling me to stop right now in Jesus' name. Love is patient. So love is patient. Second thing is, the Bible says that love is kind to your neighbor, to your restaurant server, in your thoughts, in your deeds, and especially in a disagreement. Love doesn't envy. It isn't jealous of someone else's life, appearance, giftings, or opportunities. In fact, it rejoices with them. Love doesn't boast. It doesn't focus on itself, but turns attention outward towards others. Love is not proud. It does not see itself as greater than it should. It knows where it needs to improve and is not above correction. It doesn't worry, but instead fully trusts God. Love is not rude. It doesn't cut people off in traffic and use different sign languages. <laughs> And it doesn't push to the front of the line. 
It doesn't talk loudly in public or disturb others during a church service. It is not late for work, church, or appointments, and it doesn't speak harshly. Here's, here's the last one. You're, it's getting really quiet in here right now. <laughs> Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is all from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm just adding some little bit to it. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't remind your spouse of what they said or did five years ago or even last week. It doesn't keep a running tally of what your mother-in-law has said or done. And everybody said, amen. Stepping on any toes this morning. Yeah, so we, we, we have some work to do to walk in love. It's a daily thing. In fact, if you're married, you're learning how to walk in love every day and how to walk in forgiveness every day of your life. And Jada, don't say yes too loud over there. All right. First Peter 3, verse 7 says this, and that's why I put this one in here, is husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Now, the first time I read that, I was like, Paul, you never met Jada. She is not my weaker partner. <laughs> I'm scared of her. <laughs> uh, she, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So if you're married today, if you have a spouse, um, and this goes not only with the husbands, this goes with the wives too, you've got you to respect one another so that your prayers will not be hindered. And Jaden, I've always made this pact, okay, you know, we're, we're just as human as you guys, okay? If we're in a tiff, we better get it right before we get to church on Sunday. Or what we do up here is, is we're just going through the motions, God's not going to bless it and all because that's how much we believe this scripture so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I know this is kind of a strong message this morning when we talk about walking in love because it's, it's hard sometimes. There's some, there's some difficult people out there, and everybody said. <laughs> but they teach you how to walk in love is what they'll do. It's easy to walk in love when somebody else is loving you, and it's a little bit more difficult when somebody's not loving on you and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, it's, as you, if you're a parent, you know, I love my kids, but, you know, right now I just don't like them. You know, those kind of things if you have kids. But I, I, never, I share a little story here about walking in love with your, your spouse. Is, uh, it's a funny story, um, and it was with Ty and Debbie Barker. Some of you may have heard this story before. Um, Ty and Debbie, one of the first times they came to church and ministered here, we took them out to eat at Simon's Catch. We always like to, we love going to Simon's Catch when we can. So we had a guest minister that Sunday, so we're going to take him to Simon's Catch. We'll take him to Simon's Catch, and, and just Jade and I, and uh, Ty and, and Debbie, and as we were leaving, we go to get in the car. And, uh, and Ty and Debbie are going before me, and I notice, I watch Ty, and he's going over and opening the car door for Debbie. And it looks natural to them, looks like, you know, he does it all the time for Debbie. And he's opened the car door, and she's, she's getting into the car. And I thought, okay, that we're parked pretty close to one another, so... They're watching me. I'm going to do this too. I'm going to get some brownie points right now, you know. And so I go, <laughs> I go to the passenger side door and I open it for Jada. And Jada looks at me and she says it very loudly. She goes, uh, am I driving? <laughs> and I sat there and held the car door and I just looked at her and I said, shut up and get in the car. <laughs> and Ty and Debbie heard us do this. And Ty and Debbie were just rolling in the parking lot out there. And I, did, and I saw Ty here recently, one of our 
pastor's meetings that we had in Oklahoma City, and he, said, he was still laughing about it. He said, you know, Debbie and I, we, we use that in all marriage teachings now. That's one of the funniest stories we use in our marriage class. I was like, oh, thanks, Ty. So I had to forgive my wife on the way home. I was like, I just looked at her like, shut up and get in the car. <laughs> she didn't obey. Uh, all right. Number two. Number two. Number two, love brings healing to your body. Love brings healing to your body. I'm just trying to show you how love, this walking in love, is connected into every aspect of your life. This is in Ephesians 4, verses 31 through 32, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper. I I use this because it used every word you can think of uh, to show us that we've got to walk in love. And resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. And I love that out of the Amplified Bible, Ephesians 4, verses 31 through 32. And I just I want to tell us all this morning that Jesus did not suggest that we forgive. He made forgiveness a command. It's a commandment. And it would be unjust for him to command us to do something we could not do. You can do it. And there's some people I know that even here, that you've went through some horrendous things, traumatic things but God's word when it comes down to it is you've got to walk in forgiveness and it's not a suggestion it's a command because it's going to help you in life a lot of times we hold unforgiveness because we think it's going to hurt the other person it doesn't hurt the other person at all it hurts you and it hurts you in more ways than you'll, you'll never dream of and so it's you've got to release that junk to the Lord and uh, anger uh most people don't realize it. Let me say this. Most people don't realize this, but unforgiveness is actually a form of fear. And quite often we don't forgive because we're afraid of getting hurt again. We're afraid we'll never recover from the damage someone has done to our lives. And you will. You can with the power of God. And, and you can walk in forgiveness. Now, you're going to have to have a flesh fry. I can tell you that right now. You're gonna, I, that, I got that from Pastor Ezra Randall about having a flesh fry. You're going to have to crucify your flesh to walk, to walk in the Spirit, to walk in forgiveness. Okay, anger, bitterness, grumbling, and, and criticism are bad for your health. There's medical science has even backed this up. Uh, when you when you're constantly your mood, your you know on the outside you may look fine, but on the inside you have this anger, bitterness, grumbling, criticism going on. It's just affecting your health in a negative way. So if you want to walk in health, you're going to have to walk in love and keep your tongue. Say that again. If you want to walk in health, you're going to have to walk in love and keep your tongue. And everybody said, amen. Proverbs 17, verse 9 is the next scripture, and I I love this scripture. Um, It says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. I want to talk to you about offense for just a second. I'm not up here talking like an expert because I've been offended, took the bait, hook, line, and sinker. I love what John Bevere called it, the bait of Satan. That's what offenses are. 
and we are uh, in this last days that we're living in, and we're li- I believe we're in the last of the last days, it says the love of many is going to wax cold. So you're going to have to really walk in love is what that tells me. Um, and it's not in, even at church, amen, um, not only just out there in the world, but you're going to have to walk in love. And I, I want to say this is something that I have I learned through something I did and I shouldn't have done because I should have took care of it myself, me and God. There's been times in our marriage, you know, Jada is my best friend, the closest person to me. She knows everything about me. But I'm going to give you a little marriage help today, okay? Is I do not believe that I need to share every offense with my wife. And here's the reason why. is because she's going to pick up that offense because she loves me, and it's going to cause her more turmoil than it does me. Okay? I'm talking from a man's point of view. And I see some, I see some ladies looking at their husbands. Uh-oh. Uh, and here's the reason why. is because women are more emotional than men. God created them that way. And so whenever I have an offense happen to me, I need to be man enough to take that to God and say, God, here's what happened. I'm releasing it at your altar. Instead of going, because here's what happened. I've, I've came home and told Jada some things before. And I'll release it, and I'm done with it. I'm a man. I forgot about it. An hour later, Jada goes, I can't believe they said that to you. Or I can't believe they did that. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and then God gets on to me and says, Mark, they're, they're, and I'm, you need to be open and honest with your, your spouse. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do but there are some things. That's called protecting my spouse. Amen. And that's what that 1 Peter 5, 7 talked about. There's just some, and there, but there's some things that you need to as well. And uh, so you've got to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, is this something I need to talk to my wife about or to my spouse about? Or is this something I just need to bring to you and just, you know, just leave it there? And you need to really do that because sometimes you can share things. And I did this with my dad one time. I got somebody offended me to the nth degree and a family member. I called dad up. He's family with him too. Dad, guess what? <laughs> and I tell dad all about it. Made me feel better, you know, because I got off my chest. But I got somebody in the pity party with me. Now it's my dad. So my, now my dad's ticked off at him too. Instead of me, I should have just handled it myself. And not, not handle it myself, but just take it to God and just release it. Am I helping anybody this morning? Okay, because a lot of times when we get offended, then we want to tell everybody around us and we want everybody to get on our offense train. And choo, choo, choo. You know, here we go. You know, let's run them over now. You know, everybody's on my train. Let's go find them and run them over. Well, I'm just telling you how the flesh talks. And that's not walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is Proverbs 17, verse 9. says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. So if you want to learn how to foster love, or basically that word foster means develop. If you want to learn how to develop love, learn how to cover an offense without talking to anybody else about it that you just take it to God and just cover it. Everybody said? All right, here's number three. Number three, love brings success to your finances. You might be saying, how how is love connected to my pocketbook? Well, it is, I promise you. 1 John 4.18, love's connected to every part of your being. 1 John 4.18 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. You need to be made perfect in love. 
And so if you're made perfect in love, you're not going to have this fear of not having enough money. Okay? So you're, you're, gonna, you're just going to know my Heavenly Father is going to take care of me. Yeah, I've got, I've got to do something. I've got to work. I've got to do these things. I've got to budget. I've, there's things I've got to do on my end, but I'm not going to sit around and fear not, you know, because I'm not going to live in lack because I'm a child of God. Amen? And then he wants you to have more than you need so that you can be a blessing to others. So the Hebrew translation of the word love includes the root word forgiving, which means you cannot separate love from giving. If a believer is withholding the tithe or is not generous in giving to the kingdom of God through their local church or to others, love is not in full operation. And everybody said, love is connected to your pocketbook, okay? And uh, luck is love is giving. And here are some areas where we as believers can miss it and walk out of love, all right? And start this, when we were talking about blessing blockers this morning when we get over into unforgiveness. And it can happen, guys. You know, a lot of us, when we hear about unforgiveness, we immediately go to something ginormous, something big. But it can, it can ha- it can, you can get over an unforgiveness from some of the smallest of things. And then it can ruin your whole day. Like this one. This has ruined my whole day before. Grumbling about drivers on the road. And then it just ruins your whole day, you know. You're at work and you're still thinking about the guy that cut you off in traffic or whatever. Or somebody that gave you some sign language on the way to work and you can't believe it. I'm telling you, Jade and I were driving down a road going to Enid one day. And we're just driving through some construction. And I look over. I'm just minding my own business. And I look over on the side of the road and there's a construction worker. And he is just standing there giving me sign language. Now here's the deal. I wanted to turn around and go, you know what? But I had to cover that offense and, and drive in love. You don't even need to walk in love. You got to drive in love. Amen. And and I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, mark my words. You le- you've heard this message today. You're hearing this message today. You're going to walk out of here today. It may not happen this afternoon, but it may happen tomorrow. The enemy's going to throw somebody across your path to make you not walk in love. And you're going to have to remember this message and say, you know what? I choose to walk in love. I sacrifice my flesh, and I'm going to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. So grumbling about drivers on the road, that'll keep you from walking in love. Underpaying people who work for you. Hello. We need to take care of people. Cheating on your taxes. Tax season's upon us. You're just like Pastor Mark's meddling now, isn't he? Tipping small at restaurants. Tipping small at restaurants. You should never be a Christian should never tip small at restaurants. Pointing out the faults of your neighbor's yard or house. Oh, boy. See, that one gets me every time. I'm a realtor, and so that gets me every time. I go in and just like, my gosh, I can't believe these people live like this. Okay? I've said that. That's came out of my own mouth. All right? That's not walking in love. All right? Just keep that. Sometimes you just need to keep thoughts to yourself. Giving the silent treatment to someone who upsets you. Criticizing your daughter-in-law or son-in-law. Here's the deal. Whenever you have people marry into the family, and I've got a son-in-law now, and here's the deal. Now I know Cameron a little bit better than I did whenever they were dating, and I have seen some of his flaws. But guess what? He's seen some of mine too. So we have to have grace for one another. Amen? We have to be, be gracious to one another. Um. He has seen me when I'm trying to load a boat 
on Foss Lake. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a bad deal. I promise you. Yeah. When somebody can't, doesn't know how to back a trailer down into the lake. All right. Never, Lord, forgive me. I'm, 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 conf- I'm having pastoral confession this morning. Okay. Right here. Jada's like, you better shut up. All right. Giving the silent treatment to someone who upsets you. Criticizing your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law or any in-laws in your mother-in-law, father-in-law. All right. Failing to respect your husband or your wife. Neglecting to compliment or show appreciation to your employees or even anybody, even in your own household. You need to start that at home. You know, and I, I try to get, I'm, try, I'm trying to be better about this. Jada's a great cook, and when she cooks a meal for me, I'll say, thank you, honey. Thank you for that awesome dinner. Amen. And there's a lot of, a lot of couples don't even thank each other for things that, are, that they're doing around the house. Be thankful. Uh, failing to encourage your children. Always being encouraging to your children. Being cranky or moody all the time. <laughs> no, you can't, you know, someday you got to have a good mood, right? Right? And it's, it's better to be consistent with the good mood than to always be cranky and moody. Talking about the failures of others, because we're all failures. We've all fall short of the glory of God. We just do that sometimes just to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Criticizing your pastor. I had to throw that one in there, okay? And angry outbursts, angry outbursts. Because anger is never, the Bible says, a, a fool gives vent to their anger. You know, you just, and I've, I've read even some psychology stuff before that says, um, that goes against the word of God. And they say, you know what, it's, it's good to release your anger and throw a fit and all that. No, it's not. The Bible just says that you're a fool if you give full vent to your anger. Anger does not work, doesn't bring the righteousness of God about, is what the Bible says. All right, here's number four. Everybody learning something this morning? All right, number four, love gives you a whole life success. And this is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. says, love never fails. Love is, according to 1 John 4, 18, love is fear-free. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it is failure-free. Love is fear-free and failure-free. So you always want to walk in love. Love gives you whole life success. Now, I'm going to just leave you with three quick things this morning on how to walk in love. And these are tips for walking in love, things that you can start doing today. Number one, start speaking love every day. Maybe you grew up in a home that, you know, your parents or, you know, your family just didn't say I love you a lot. Start, start that trend in your house. Start saying I love you all the time. All right, tell your, tell your spouse you love them, tell your kids you love them. Speak love every day. Faith works by love, and you have to confess the love of God for faith and the love to come out. So you got to speak love, speak love everywhere you go. And even, and it's not just within your family, you know, at work, you know, communicate love to, to your coworkers around you, you know, how much you, you appreciate them, thank them. Here's number two, study 1 John, just study 1 John. 1 John, John talks, he was the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he wrote that himself, by, by the way, and, uh, but he had a great relationship with the Lord and, and John talks about love a lot. In fact, the Bible, they called him the apostle of love. And so study 1 John. And then number three is personalize 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what I just read earlier. And I'm going to show you how to do this. On a, on a three-by-five card, write down uh, 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8 on a three-by-five card. Keep it in your Bible or wherever you need to keep it at. Read it aloud every day then make it personal. And so how you make it personal, you say, 
where it says love is patient, love is kind, say, I am patient, I am kind, I do not envy, I do not boast, I am not proud, I am not rude, I'm not self-seeking, I keep no record of the wrongs done to me, I do not delight in evil but rejoice with the truth, I never give up, never lose faith, am always hopeful and endure through every circumstance, and I do these things because they are love which never fails. That's how you personalize that. And if you want me to send that to you, I'll send that to you. But that's how you personalize 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm telling you guys, all this, everything in the Word of God is summed up in love. Loving God and loving other people. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 22, and this is my last scripture I'm going to give you this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, uh, it says Teacher. One of somebody was calling Jesus teacher, rabbi, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God and love people. And you've summed up the whole word right there. And if you love God and love people, you're going to stay in that love walk, and you're going to walk by faith, and you're going to have your prayers answered. And everybody said, amen. I want everybody to bow your heads in here this morning. Everybody learned something today? Amen. Okay, everybody going to walk out of here walking in love? Look at somebody sitting next to you before you, we pray and say, I love you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and I just want to make sure, do we do this every Sunday here at church? Make sure that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because the Bible says that we have to believe in our heart and, and confess it with our mouth, the Lord Jesus. And so if you've never done that, I want to have the honor and privilege of leading you in a prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to ask him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins and make you a, a new creation. And so even if you are saved, I want you to repeat this prayer with me and with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. And if that's the first time you've prayed that prayer, your very next step of obedience to the Lord is to follow him in water baptism. And we can do that next Sunday if you'd like to do that. And um, so everybody learned something today, right? Everybody going to walk out of here walking in love so your prayers won't be hindered? Amen. I'm, I'm going to be walking in love with you, baby. <laughs> Come up here. She's, I'm getting that, that eye over here that we're going to have a talk on the way home. <laughs> Love you. All right. I want everybody to stand up. Join hands with your spouse or your loved ones or friends are standing there next to you. And I want to pray over you guys today. Bless you as you go out today. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health, 
may be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ, to the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, let's walk in love. Amen.